Hey, Donnie here. I wanted to tell you about Champions 90. Champions 90 isn't a workout routine or a fitness routine. This is about you transforming your life mentally, giving yourself an upgrade while you build to business freedom. Champions 90 is about you getting quiet with your thoughts, staying focused on building your business and getting you to freedom. Come join the challenge at champions90.com. Hey guys, how's it going? Man, this is going to be a killer episode. I, I, I gotta be honest, this is probably one of the funnest episodes I've done because for the first time in the history of Success Champion, uh, uh, somebody's going to rap on the show. And I, I gotta tell you, it is bad ass, old school, just, just hit you raw, clean, you know, uh, uh, lyrics, man. I, I really, really enjoyed it. This conversation with Freddie Fry was one of the gems, man. I got to tell you, we talked about, of course, his life growing up and uh, what he's doing for, you know, a lot of the youth in Oklahoma. And, you know, with his career and the things he's doing and kind of that voiceover space and inspirational, motivational space, I took a ton out of this one. And I bet you guys, as, as you listen to this one, you will as well. And I tell you, you know, I couldn't do the show without Stacy McGovern and Michael McGovern over at Point Blank Safety Services. Now, what they're doing to protect these freeways throughout the state of Texas is, is absolutely amazing. They're employing off-duty officers to keep our highways and freeways safe. You know, uh, the construction workers that work out there and, and the people driving the freeways, everybody's just trying to... to get these freeways built as fast as possible and, you know, get uh, everybody home safe. And when you see those patrol cars out there on the freeways, you know, keeping traffic slowed down uh, so the construction workers can work, that's Stacy's company taking care of everybody. You know, so if you're ever in a spot where you're looking for, you know, uh, off-duty officers to help you with safety, security, protecting your assets, do me a favor and go to pointblanksafety.com and reach out to, to Stacy. Um, and guys, do me a favor, follow her on all of her social media outlets. Give them some love, show them that you're there, and enjoy the show. You want to quit right now, don't you? I see it in your eyes. You want to give up right now. But you can't give up on the fight right now. Look up. The finish line is in sight right now. Your success and greatness is ready to take flight right now. The fruits of your labor are just turning ripe right now. That's why you planted all those seeds so you can take a bite right now. The unbelievable is now believable. You're reaching new heights right now. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place for champions. The ground is no place. All right, guys, this is going to be a fun fucking episode. I am telling you, strap it in and just hold on for the ride. So I've had a chance to talk with Freddie Fry a little bit prior to this show, and I'm already stoked. It's going to be a good one. So on this week with Freddie Fry, I'm Donnie. This is Donnie Success Champions. Freddie, my brother, welcome to the show, my friend. Tell us your story. I am excited to be here, and let's take a, cha a chapter or a page out of the mindset of things you never thought you might see or hear on this podcast, because I'm going in. I'm telling my story, and I'm going to go in hip-hop. My thing is hip-hop. I'm going in hip-hop. All right. Let's do it. Let's go. This is my story. Hip-hop for. 
poetry form, spoken word form. I tapped into my wildest dreams of being great. Demons through the hook, I almost took the bait. Was hungry for success but couldn't get a plate. I wished for greatness early, but my genie only granted late. Mama sick, doctor's diagnosis faulty. Prescriptions mess the kidneys up, that still haunts me. They told her not to have me, but she wouldn't abort. She said no, even if it cut her life short. In the car with mama slumping, daddy speeding. Final breaths were taken, left my heart bleeding. Age four, I, my mommy got her wings early. I still question why she didn't live to see 30, y'all. Papa scooped me up and took me from that drama. At least it was until he met my stepmama. Crazy is as crazy does, she took the cake. I broke down cause I felt I couldn't catch a break. Another tale of a lost soul. Study said that I wouldn't live to be old. Shy boy, hoop dreams, word is so cold. They used to bully me, but then I finally struck gold. One, two, and you don't stop. I fell in love when I got introduced to hip hop. My new release, we all need a good release. When I put that pen in the pad, it gave me total inner peace. So let me introduce the new me to me. Confidence erupted, I was truly thankful, blessed. No longer just a guest in my own mind. My friends, dig deep and you will find that greatness lives in you, so go retrieve it in your mind. Keep pushing through, be patient, it will happen in due time. The fish can only bite if you keep casting out your line. Believe in you. Block out the shade and let your sun shine on through. Because that's exactly what I did. That's Dude, that's fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that is an absolute first. That's wrapped on my show. There you go. Let's go. <laughs> In a nutshell, Holy that's hell. that's a lot of my story too. Dude, that's rap I can get behind, man. Because that's the story behind it. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I love it. I love. I appreciate. It. I appreciate I'm gonna bust your shots because nobody dropped a forty. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Here's the thing. It's so funny because. I, I'm the I'm the like the original founding founding father of hip hop in Oklahoma. Like I was me and, and a few of my Wait, guys like you the just first said founding father of hip hop in Oklahoma. Well, yeah, well, in Oklahoma. <laughs> it's, it's, in Oklahoma now. Now hold on now. I didn't say New York. I didn't say everywhere. <laughs> There's like two rappers in all Oklahoma. I mean. Oh no! Hey, it's a lot of them. Maybe nobody's blew up, but it was a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying it to say, Oklahoma. That's man, awesome. I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm telling you, we got it. We get it in down here, man. <laughs> but it's so funny because, uh, you know, I never drank and I never smoked. And so I was like basically an oxymoron of hip hop. It just didn't, what I did, it didn't fit. Right. You know? <laughs> that's so awesome. Unreal. Unreal. What a tough story, though. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of rap. Unless it's done that way. Yes. Sir. What yes. I mean by that way is I can understand the lyrics, right? Yep. And I can understand the story behind. I mean, that's why, you know, for me, Eminem, you know, his old school stuff was so yep. solid, right? Yep. I, I could get behind that because if you're not doing things to inspire somebody else's story, why the hell are you doing it? That's my thought process. Right. You know, yeah. that, that is totally my thought process. And so for me, even I always look back when I was when I was first rapping. So I had a major, I, not a major, but I had a national distribution deal, and uh, you know my hip hop before I gained custody of my children was I had I, I used profanity, I cursed in it, but uh, it always was saying something. There was always a message. There was always a problem. 
there was always why the problem was and there was always a solution to the mm -hmm. problem in the end even when it wasn't really cool to do that i might have been cussing i might have been saying some hardcore stuff <laughs> but i was really saying something right. and and i went so when i when my children got a little bit older i really never let them listen to my old stuff because it did have profanity in it but they gotta, <laughs> tell them don't ever listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> but trust me hey they listen they've listened to plenty of my old stuff now right, right. <laughs> but but you know so when i came back when i got back into it i took a hiatus when i got back into hip-hop i knew that i was going to be clean i knew it was going to be a message into it it was 2020 vision how clear you see the game of life the older you get the the, the clearer you see life and the younger you can see life clearer the more successful you can be at an early age and that was kind of my motto and my philosophy and so now i'm in a mindset of anything that i put out hip-hop wise anything i put out uh, uh, motivational wise is trying to help people overcome and win every day, the everyday battle and everyday struggle of life. Yeah. And, and we're going to dive into your story, but I want to keep on that for just a second. But here's, here's what I love about <clears throat> music in general. Um, and it, to me, and we're not going to get in religious discussion, but this is, this is why I think there's so many religions. This is why I think there's so many different styles of music. Mm -hmm. It's because you can hit people where they're at. Mm. Right. Right. I mean, you're not going to come into the country and blaring you know, classical music and expect to hit the people, right? It's the same right. thing. I'm not going to bring in hillbilly bluegrass into the inner city and expect to, you know, help, you know, those people hear the right, music. Right, right, right. You know, it's that same thing. That's why I love it. Um, you know, let's dive into your story a little bit. Yeah, Because it's it. a tough one, dude. Four yes, it's, old, it's, You lose mom. So four years old, man, I lost mom. I, and it's so crazy. I, I have basically three memories of my mom. I remember being in, in, in my home and my dad was working on his motorcycle. And I guess I was sitting out like in the garage, like on the, on the stair watching him. And I don't know what he did, but somehow his motorcycle caught on fire and he caught on fire. Oh. And I remember her pulling me back in and, you know, rescuing him. Like my dad now has, he had burns all over his body. He had to get a whole bunch of skin grafts and everything. And you can still see the scars on him today. I remember that. I remember being in the car, like I said, in the car with mama slumping daddy's feet. And I remember being in the car as he was taking her to the hospital. And that was the last time that I saw her alive. Yeah, and wow. then my third memory is, is at the funeral. Hmm. And I was yeah. just sitting there, didn't understand what was going on. I just remember thinking, why is everybody taking turns crying over my mama? You know, going up and crying and all that stuff. And uh, so moved in with my dad. And of course, you know, that day and age, I, I'm pretty sure dad was kind of like, you know what, I, I'm going to do the right thing and take my son in, but I don't know, have no earthly idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so let me find a woman. Let me get a woman, right. you know, that can take him. And unfortunately, that choice wasn't the best lady because it, it was my step, my eventual stepmama that I spent the next 14 years living with that was uh, nothing physical, thank goodness, but it was a lot of mental abuse. She was, uh, unfortunately, she was a druggie. Smoked, smoked weed, wound up smoking crack, drank a lot. And uh, it was very verbally abusive. And so it was just one of those situations where it was just a tough upbringing. And so what it did to me is, and now I give her credit because I think that the way she was instilled a certain fear in me, which I think I needed to be able to survive where I was at in the situation I was in. Because I was a shy kid, very shy. And... Uh, going to school and, and I was little I wasn't real tall you know I was a short fella I used to love playing basketball but I got bullied you know I mean before I before I uh 
I got in high school, I get I used to get bullied. I remember one time I was leaving school and guys chased me and they caught me, picked me up, body slammed me on my head, took me to a swimming pool, threw me in the swimming pool and, and just tried to hold me underwater. I thought I was going to die, you know. And at the last minute, they pulled me up, you know, and I'm, I said this, but it wasn't Eric Thomas's story, you know, right. when you want to breathe as bad as you want to succeed, you know, be successful. Yeah, I should have thought of that. God <laughs> but, uh, You'd have been a millionaire right now. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, man, so I was, it, it was so crazy because, you know, I thought I was just going to be a basketball player, but of course I wasn't tall enough. And so I was just watching TV one day and, and, and a rap group Run DMC came on video called song called rock box and i was like whoa i was already in the music but then when they when that when i heard that i was like oh man so i was like i'll start telling my dad dad i want some music equipment can you give me some music equipment i started getting equipment i started kind of writing raps but i had no desire to say them in front of anybody <laughs> you know i was i was i was scared to death but as, you were know, a closet I, rap star i was a <laughs> i was in the closet as a rapper for real but people that knew me, my friends that knew me, knew that I could rap. And so it's one guy named Ernest Walker. He came by the house one day. So I went to McLean. And again, you keep, you, you, uh, McLean is the lowest performing school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was in our version of the hood, if you can believe <laughs> that, okay? <laughs> Oklahoma's hood. I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But, you know, honestly, it's the same. It's just the other hoods are bigger, honestly, to be honest with you. But, yeah, yeah, no, you're but right. Hey, just for the record, as... guys, I'm busting chops about all oh, yeah, the yeah. scenes and everything else. I get it, right? There's, there's shitholes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not just in Oklahoma, right? Right, right. <laughs> so it's so funny because uh, he came over and he's like, man, we having a talent show. I was in ninth grade. He said, man, would you be in a talent show with me? It's like, bro, I know. I, you mean, like, get up in front of people and to do something i tried that one time in middle school and i didn't even make the talent show so i promise you with that one defeat was going to be my only defeat as it comes to this music thing now i like doing it as a hobby behind the scenes and i can try to scratch and all that good stuff and write raps and rewrite run dmc raps but as far as getting in front of people no but deep down in my heart you know i wanted to do it right i just couldn't right. overcome the fear and so for the next two weeks straight this dude was persistent, came over every day. Every time he saw me, you gonna be in the talent show, man? So I thought I already told you no. You know, leave me alone. And then one time he came over and he was like, so do you gonna be in the talent show or what? Stop acting like a little old punk. I don't know if it was the word punk or hey, what it was. It wasn't the like, word punk, I guarantee you. <laughs> <laughs> alive. Hold on a second, Donnie. That's what I want to feel like it was. I want to feel like it was that word punk. All right, all right. You know what I mean? Word story. It <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel good. <laughs> but anyway, before I knew it, before I knew it, I was like, oh, leave me alone, I'll do it. And I'm standing there like, in my mind, I was like, oh, snap, I just committed to doing this. And I felt very, very, very uncomfortable. Right. And so that's why we preach now. When you feel uncomfortable, you are probably in a good place. Hell yes. And so I was like, man, I got to be a man of my word, so I'm going to do it. And so I got prepared, and I wrote, and I wrote. This wasn't even a talent show, Donnie. This was just a tryout. It was only a <laughs> few people out in the crowd that was trying out for the talent show. You know, and I'm still scared to death, you know. They call us up. The beat comes on. And I get them, grab the microphone. Now, mind you, I, I told you I tried out for it for a talent show when I was in like seventh, eighth grade and I didn't make it. 
you know, but I didn't write that rap. I was just kind of lip syncing. It was kind of a, what they call it? A, it was a lip sync war or whatever. Uh, Millie Vanilli? Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> doing the Millie Vanilli. I was definitely was doing the Millie Vanilli. But, uh, and so I went on and I was like, boom, call me Mr. Chiller, don't call me at all. Because when I'm on the mic, I'm standing tall. I'm five foot four when I'm talking to you. But when I'm on the mic, I'm seven two. <laughs> That's the exact rap too, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> and dude, but but that moment though, that moment changed my life. Because the feeling that I felt, it was euphoric. It was like, whoa, for real? Never, nothing ever was the same. Nothing ever was ain't the same. No, ain't no looking back from there. Confidence came, shyness went away. Cut off jeans, bottle soda pops young, but I had big dreams. Walked the halls, fifth grade, hope they noticed me. Used to bully, I would run when they approaching me. Man, just the face in the crowd. Shy boy, hoop dreams, never said out loud. Papa Proud took pics. William Penn, all-star. Six man, kind of short. They think I won't go far, but I had so much heart. Gave my all and everything, I guess it set me apart. Crooked smile, no braces, sort of like J. Cole. Confidence, I had none, head hung down low. At that moment in time when I spit that verse, though, on stage, <laughs> everything changed for me, bro. And so that's why I'm, I'm, you see me, I'm an advocate, man. When you're uncomfortable, you're in a good place, do the things that you don't want to do. Think outside the box. Go outside the box. Push yourself to be the best version of yourself. Because when I started rapping, I still played basketball, but it wasn't like the love that I got from rapping. We'd be, hey, after the football games we'd be battle rapping other people and the same people that used to bully me all of a sudden became my biggest supporters mm. if there was a they kept me away from kept me out of harm's way a lot same people but just because now i had a voice and and, and i said in that other verse uh when i put that pin to pad it gave me total inner peace and what i'm trying to get people to understand is is that I took hip hop and I used it to speak on all the issues that I had in my life. It was a positive release. And that's why it worked. Yes. And because, because <clears throat> what a lot of people are doing, whether they're in the speaking business, the music business, the whatever business, they're trying to be somebody else. Right. Very right? True. Yes. Right? You yes. Were, were just sharing your story just yes. happened to do it in a, in a, actually, I'm surprised. I, in a method I enjoy, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Which is yes. not my MO. By exactly. The way. Exactly. You know, you know, um, you know, but, but it's, it's that sharing of that authentic message. Yes, sir. Yes. Sir. You know, and, and that, that is beautiful. And you know, it's, it's best because it takes courage to do two things. One, it took courage to get your ass on that stage. For real. Two, it took courage to spit real lyrics that were your story that you had been living, yes. knowing that the people that were bullying you and everything else were fixing to hear that shit. Yeah, right? oh, for sure. Right? For sure. And so, man, so, so, so I started, so it's so funny because I started not just solo, I started with a group. And um, we just kind of became the first to do so many things, first to be on the radio, first to go in a recording studio, first to... Uh, to uh, to uh, actually put a cassette tape out and different things of that nature. And, so, and so for our younger listeners, this is thing you put in your car <laughs> like an eight track. <laughs> oh man, that was even before CDs, man. Right, right, right. For real. And uh, 
And so you things know you had a happening. freaking cassette tape, you know, carrier in your car for all your different tapes. And then you oh, had my God. Recorded with all your cool songs. Can you believe how much, man, how, te- how far technology oh, has come, insane. though? It's, it's unreal. We're on here doing this because of technology. Yep. It's unreal. Yep. This never would have happened. I would have had to fly wherever you were at, and it would have to have a big old real real recording. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's horrible. 20 guys, right? Yeah. Hey, and we would have been excited. We would have <laughs> done what we know now. It would have been horrible. You know? Yeah, but, but the, what people don't know is you've done these raps now 12 times in a row to get them right, and we just dubbed all the time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> One takes, man. One what? takes. <laughs> so, man, I started doing the music, man, and, and – uh, was able to, uh, my thing is though, I still had, for me, I always wanted to try to be successful from Oklahoma because I know people think kind of like you, you know, you're joking with me about it's kind of podunk Oklahoma and all we do is ride horses and all that good stuff. But, uh, and so I always try to make it from there. And so it's, it's, my story is weird because it's like I was having this, this, uh, this success as a hip hop artist that may not have been on a major, major stream, but I was having this success as a hip hop artist. But at the same time, everything else in my life was kind of in shambles. And so, so it's like, so I graduate high school, right? Like I said, from McLean high school, one of the low, actually the lowest performing school in, in the state. And, uh, but I was, I was smart though. It was so easy to me. I actually graduated number four, and I, I'm, and I say this, I'm not kidding. I never had any homework. I didn't have homework for four years, and I graduated number four in my class. That's how easy the stuff, the work was. Damn, and I, I always went back. through that. <laughs> I mean, I hold sure got homework. I didn't do it, but I mean. <laughs> now, hold up now. My, 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 my brother, Daryl, my brother, Daryl Davis, he's like the other part. He does the music, all our music that we do. He went to the same school. He had to study his butt off just to make C's. I was like, I don't know what you're doing, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Dude, I graduated oh. with like a 2.10. I oh mean, I don't think you can get much lower and still get by. And still graduate. You yeah. was right there on the cusp. Yeah, right. You know, right. you had to hit the cusp with a P. <laughs> yeah, but, I can't uh, even say that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. man, so I, so, I, so I graduated number four, right? But I, it was so easy. It didn't prepare me for the real world. And so I always look back and I think, man, I wish, I wish my dad would have put me in a better school because it would have pushed me a little bit more. And so while I was at school, I met this young lady and uh, I was just walking down the hall and she was walking, pretty girl. I was like, girl, what you doing? And she like, well, I'm, I'm going where I'm going. She kind of gave me some attitude. You know what I mean? Fortunately, I liked it. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. And we started talking. Now here's the deal guys and gals. When they show you the attitude when you first meet them, believe them. That's really who they are, <laughs> you know. And so here I started a relationship with this young lady. Wind up having four kids. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Did somebody tell you how that shit works? Oh man, somebody said, "Hey, I was lost. I'm from the hood." <laughs> <laughs> hey, and people ask me, "What were you thinking?" I said, I, "I wasn't thinking at all. I had absolutely no sense. You know what I mean?" Well, I was, you were thinking. <laughs> it was just the wrong head. <laughs> it was definitely the wrong one. Man, but this is what's so crazy. See, because the mindset, it's kind of like when my mom passed away. My dad was like, you know, I'm going to take him in, but I need to make sure I get somebody to help take care of him. And so kind of our thought process is always that the the woman is going to take care of the kids. And so that was kind of my thought process. And 
I was just kind of happy-go-lucky through life. I was this rapper, and I was doing my rap stuff, but everything else, I was messing my credit up. I started college, and, and, and I dropped out really quick because I just didn't have, my mindset wasn't there. And so the t- it, w- it was four of us in that group, and my senior year, the two guys, two other guys that were in the group, they had already graduated. But all of a sudden, they started having money. They started coming to the house having like, I ain't talking about, I used to sell candy on a, on, on a little truck called Mid-America Teens, and we'd have about $20 in our pocket. We, we thought we were balling. You know, we were doing right, good. Right, right. These dudes was coming up with hundreds, thousands. I was like, dude, where are you getting all this money from? And, they, you know, it was, it was like the mid-'80s, so they was like, we're selling drugs. They was just like real with it. Y'all selling drugs? Are y'all crazy? Never do nothing like that. You know, that was a thought process that we had, that I had. I would never sell drugs. And so fast forward, I graduated high school. I got a kid still trying to do my music. The girl that I'm with, they lived in the projects. And so her brother was always kind of like, man, if you get it, I'll sell it. I was like, man, I'm scared. I'm messing with that stuff. Had a baby, had a baby on the way. I was broke, not only financially, but was also broken as a person. And man, I just told him, man, give me something, man. I'll, I'll get it and I'll give it to him. Got it, gave it to him. We out in the projects, I'm shooting dice. They out there selling drugs. I'm the middleman. That's what I became. I picked it up and I dropped it off. But I still was scared. I, was, I had this fear of me. I knew that wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And so I finally got enough fear up, I mean, enough uh, guts up to try to sell it myself. So we was in another project. Me and my uh, kid's mom and then her friend and her husband and their kids all in, the, in an apartment. And somebody had said, you know what, that, that apartment right there, the police are really watching it. So you need to be careful if you're over there. So me and her husband, her friend's husband, left. We left some drugs in the house. Like I had a little bit. He had kind of a lot. The rumor in the hood at that time was, because it was so early on in the drug game, that if you, if, if the police raided the house, if a girl put the drugs on her, they wouldn't search her because she was a female. So we went wherever we went, came back. And so when we came back through the apartments, you can see, like, if you're kind of coming around a curve, curve, you can see that uh, you can see their apartment. And we thought we saw police and our hearts just dropped like, oh snap, because we knew it was drugs in the house. And so we just kind of creeped on around. And once we got around to the apartment, there were no police cars there. So it was like, thank goodness. But then her friend's mom bust out. They had twins, had two kids in their head. She said, police just came and raided the place. They took both of the girls to jail. I'm like, oh snap. So they didn't bust it in the house. My baby's mama put, the drugs on her. She put my little 220 rocks in her bra, put his ounce in her pocket. And so where we were at, it was a different county. So she was getting booked in a county called Pahuska in Osage County. But then she had to go to Tulsa County to get booked in. Well, they found the drugs on her for, for the uh, Osage County at the place. When she got down to get booked in at Tulsa, they found my 220 rocks. So she got a charge there and then she had the other charges. Yeah. yeah. So my heart is dropped. I'm like, dang, my life is over, man. I just already know because her, my friend, her friends, uh, her friend was singing like a canary. That wasn't my stuff. That was my husband's stuff. Bro, this is why I always think of, I, I, I think about my mom. I always think my mom is my guardian angel because through that whole process, my name never came up. Wow. Wow. They took wow, the wow. charges from my baby's mom and put it on him. My name never came up. And so, you know, that was a sign from God. That was a gift from God. And I was like, you know, I'm out. 
and I was out and cause, and I, cause I never should have been in to begin with. I never went back. And so got past that stage of life. Again, like I said, with the same young lady, I had four kids. Uh, I was probably, I had four kids by the age of 25 and, uh, man, I was just, just like a normal day. It was like a normal day. I went to bed, but I woke up when I woke up, I was different. Mm-hmm. I woke up and I was just staring at my ceiling. Cause I knew something was different. I was like, Oh, you know, I, you blind, right? It's like, if, like you, you, you blind, right? Or the, 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 the light is off and it's dark and you flip the light on every, now you can see everything. That's what seemed like happened to me. I could see all the stupid stuff I've been doing in my life. I could see, you know, driving with no suspension, driving with no insurance, you know, doing, selling the drugs, this, that, and the third. And the first thing I thought though, Donnie was, I got to get my kids. I was like, I got to get my kids because me and the baby mama wasn't together anymore. So I was just kind of like going to see the kids from time to time. And they were living in the hood for real, like the worst part of North Tulsa they were living in. Mm. And they were going to some, some of the, you know, the same schools, low performing schools, but they, my youngest was three at the time. My oldest was seven. And so it's so crazy when that happened though, Donnie, I get a call from her mom, from, from the kid's mom. She's like, you know, I need you to get the kids for me for a little bit. I'm, I'm kind of dealing with a rough patch and I want to kind of try to straighten some stuff out. And I'm like, I said, I, I'll, I'll take them. So I had a one bedroom apartment, right? Got the kids sleeping on, they sleeping on pallets, four kids in, a, in, in the living room. They excited. You know, I think I'm just little, camping, yeah. right? Oh man, they having a ball. <laughs> and so she calls me a week later and she's like, okay, I'm better. Can you bring the kids back? I said, yes, I'll bring them back under one condition. If you call me again with this, because in my mind, Donnie, I already know I'm going to have them. I'm going I'm, I'm to raise them. I already know. I just know the situation. I know I'm doing a little bit better than she is. I wasn't doing great, but I was doing a little bit better than she was. And so I said, if you call me back again, they're going to live with me. And she said, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. And so she gets off, phone, gets off the phone. Her sister calls me and says, man, Fred, you need to really get those kids. There's a lot of stuff going on that you don't know nothing about. And so... Two weeks later, she calls me again. I go get the kids. First thing I did is went and went to that school, and which is kind of still crazy to this day because I don't remember showing any ID. I don't remember doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did, I withdrew them from the school they were in, and I enrolled them in the school that I was in, what, what, that lived that, that was by my house. I lived in I was living in South Tulsa, which is a much better neighborhood than in, than than uh, where she lived, and uh. Got all of them out. Like my youngest wasn't in school yet. She, like I say, she was only three. Three girls and a boy. She called me a couple of weeks later. It's like, well, you know, I'm doing a little bit better. And I said, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, they don't even go to the same school anymore. They're out of that school. I said, you go ahead and get yourself in order. And uh, I, I got the kids. I, got, I have the kids. And so I'm sitting around here looking crazy. I'm looking cray cray, as we say, cray cray. Three girls and a boy, man. Can you imagine me trying to do some hair? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm trying to do buns. I'm learning how to do hair. Hey, here's the worst part, though, Donnie. There was no YouTube. Right. I couldn't even look right. on YouTube right. to try to figure out how to do some hair, you know? So I thought I was doing good. And then my girls got a little bit older. And I was hey, like, hey, like, Dad, you ain't touching my hair no you more. You are not <laughs> touching my hair no more. Right. Right. <laughs> so, man, and, uh, 
it's a funny thing happened though as I was raising my kids and I still look back now and I'm like I don't know how I made it through I don't know how we did it but we did it I was doing odd jobs I was selling mixtape CDs I you know I had a couple of good years with the music and I was selling a lot of music it was so crazy because I was learning entrepreneurship as I was raising them because I had to come up with so many hustles right. where there's a will there's a way you know, I, I set up a, I created my own distribution line for my music and I was selling my music all, o- all across the country, you know, and just COD, cash on delivery, straight UPS. I sent them a, a sample. People liked it. I was selling to Seattle, to Louisville, to Houston, all over the place. Right. And, uh, and they got a little bit older. And I started coaching bass. I started, I was a basketball guy. You know, it's my background. I want to hoop. So I started coaching. I was started with boys, but then I was dating a young lady. She had a tall daughter. And my daughter, my oldest daughter was short, but she was fast. So when they were in the third grade, I started a team. Real good team. Like, we became one of the best teams in the country. Like, we could go play against anybody. Matter of fact, off that team, I had girls that wound up going to, where they go, Baylor, Tennessee. These are the colleges they went to. Tennessee, UCLA, Georgetown, ORU. Had some big-time kids off that team. But I didn't know when I started coaching and raising these in and coaching third grade and fourth grade and fifth grade, I was basically again, preparing myself for what my actual business today is, which is hosting youth basketball tournaments. So I parlayed the coaching that I was doing for free. I was adding value to not only my kids' lives, but the many kids that I coached and I touched. And as they got a little bit older, I was like, man, I started doing the math. It's like, well, dang, this dude got, 60 teams in this tournament and he's charging X amount of dollars. We got to pay at the door. Then he gets concession. I said, I'm going to try that. So me and a partner of mine, we want, actually was a guy whose daughter was on the team. We decided to start a company uh, that my daughter, I think my oldest was when we started that probably in the 10th grade. And so we started this company, started hosting youth, youth tournaments. But here's the deal. You said something about this a little earlier. You said, I was able to be successful because I was being authentic to myself. Right. When we started the tournament business, we wasn't really being authentic to ourselves. We were trying to follow somebody else's model. Yeah. And so he did tournaments. He was like the guru of it. You know, he would do one or one tournament a month or sometimes two. So we would try to do the same thing, but not on the days or not on the weekends. He would throw them. He was throwing them. I mean, we were having, we were doing okay, but I couldn't get ahead. I was splitting money with him. We wasn't making a lot of money. And so about, Three years later, and it was a whole bunch of other things that I'm not even going to speak about. Three years later, I made a decision. Guess what? I got uncomfortable again. <laughs> and I said, I was three months behind on my rent. And thank goodness that I had a landlord that was willing to work with me. So I called my guy and I was like, bro, I'm, 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 I'm going to, everything that we, the name, all that stuff, you can keep all that. I'm, I'm going to do something different. Like, man, don't do that. Now nah, I got to do it, man. Because I was doing a lot of work. I made sure before I left, I did all. I was trying to run them by myself. So I knew I knew I was doing. And so the first thing I did once I broke that, broke that relationship is, I, of course, I came up with a new name and all that good stuff. But I sat down and I self-assessed. And I figured out the gaps. And so I worked with Dr. Eric Thomas. And Dr. Eric Thomas's right-hand man is a guy named CJ. Brilliant dude. Brilliant dude. You know, he's, he worked with Inky Johnson and some of these other big artists, big uh, motivational speakers out there. And one thing he always says, you need to figure out the gaps. What problem are you solving? And I didn't even know CJ then, but that's what I did at that moment in time, which was probably about 10 years ago. I said, okay, I don't want to do it like we've been doing. It's not working. 
we we having tournaments, but we're not getting ahead. And so I said, okay. So I start thinking as a basket from my basketball coach's side. Well, we normally play tournaments that would be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday most of the time. People always complained about playing Sunday. I said, okay. That's one thing. Okay. Maybe I could have Saturday only tournament. Maybe I could just do them one day. And if it's lucrative enough, then I can make it work. And then the other thing was we were following somebody else's model as far as it was, as far as uh, trying to schedule one tournament a month, trying to guess when people wanted to play and guess when they didn't want to play. And I was kind of like, well, what if I just have a tournament every week? Just kind of like make it like a job. Just have one every Saturday, you know, and then, then be very work hard on customers, uh, customer being customer uh, friendly and providing phenomenal customer service which and, is really hard to do when you're dealing with kids parents you, oh, <laughs> and coaches and coaches yeah so man let me tell you though donnie though once i launched i mean my life again that was one of the best decisions i ever made in my life for the last 10 years i've, I've hosted a tournament every saturday with the exception of uh the saturday after thanksgiving because i that's when i that's the one i take off or if, if christmas falls a certain way i won't have one either but for the last 10 years and I promise you that, you know, the rent thing, it just, it was done in three or four months. It was, I was good. Mm. One of the best decisions. I sometimes like you got to jump and, mm. and people have been telling me that I should do it, should have done that a long time ago, but I feel like things all happen. At the, it happens at the right time. And I think you whip people for a season for the right, for, for certain reasons, for certain things for you to, for you to learn and grow from. And, but it, it wasn't easy. You know, I've been dealing with, you know, the gentleman for a while. And for me to say, you know what, I got, I have to do what I have to do because I'm a, I'm a great assistant coach. I can be like, if me and you were, you know, you were the head and I was, I would be a great assistant coach, but I'm even a better head coach. I'm a phenomenal head coach. I'm a great assistant coach, but I'm a phenomenal head coach. And some of you guys out there, you, you, you a great assistant coach. You're great at playing the background, but you, you, you're a phenomenal head coach. You don't even know it. Because you, you've been scared to take the jump. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you're doing all the legwork for somebody else. And you have dreams and you see the holes. You see the gaps. You see what they're doing wrong. And you know you could do it better, but you're scared to do it. Yeah. Don't be scared. Go jump. I love it. I, I, you know, I gave a speech this morning and I was talking <clears> about get, getting more people in podcasting because, you know, similar scenario, how I fell into podcasting and it would save my business. But this young guy was looking at me. He's 26 years old. And he said – man, I want to do it. He goes, I, I want to create the life. He goes, I know exactly what I want to do. He goes, I'm getting paid right now to fly up to Colorado twice a month to train these youth on, you know, how to grow up without a dad around, you know, mm. that whole world. For a 26 year old guy, man, he's taking a lot on his freaking shoulders. Right? Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm like, dude, um, what's keeping you from doing? He goes, that's my income. He go, and he goes, I don't know how to do freaking, you know, get my side hustle big enough to mm. make this my full-time thing. And I said, can I give you the stupidest, best advice I can give you in the world right now? And he said, sure. What's that? I said, quit the day job. Mm. Walk away. And he goes, why the hell would I do that? I said, because you can never get the second with one foot on first. Mm. And so I'm he, like, just, he just cheating. He's just cheating. Yep. 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 He's trying to build this, the second thing without going all in and betting on himself. So he's got, mm. he's not stacked up enough against it to go for it. And I'm right. Like, right. You've got to right. go all the fuck in. Yeah, you do. And it's going to, it's going to hurt. You know, no, it's going to no, hurt. You're going to get punched. Oh, in the face it's going to hurt for real. Yeah. That's the truth. You know, people tell me all the time. It's like, you know, like when I'm everything that, that I do in my life now 
it all fits in my fits with my mission statement. Everything is. I'm adding value to people. I'm helping. I'm help. I'm helping not only you know youth, but I'm helping adults too. So when I host these basketball tournaments, I mean people act a fool. Yeah, I get I get to I get to give them what we call these motivational speeches in the tournament because I mean you got coaches I mean like dude if you you guys are worried about wins and losses at a at a at a youth basketball tournament I said there's only two wins wins or losses is it whether you if you teaching these kids how to win in life or you teaching them how to lose in life I said you had a great opportunity to to teach that kid something and you just you just missed it you taught him how exactly how you don't want to act so you know. do you have that on your T-shirt somewhere. What's that? What's that? What's that? that? That phrase, you're either teaching kids how to win in life, or you're teaching them how to lose. Uh, Will. You I better. Will. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that. Because that's, that's, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, but I think that's not just kids. That's everybody. You're either yeah. teaching them how to win in life, or you're teaching them how to lose. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, if that comes a tagline for your tournaments, I think that, that's huge. It's also what you should be speaking on from stage. There's yeah. my free coaching session with Don. Thank you, sir. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, but, but that's, that's it. I mean, I don't have kids, right? But I got nieces and nephews and I get the luxury of going to see them at games. And, you know, uh, we, you know, growing up in the band, you were a geek, but in my little town I live into the band, people are like the studs of the town, you know, the state wow. champions and, you yeah. know, so it's just, it's just a weird turn of events. Um, and, you know, my brother's got a shirt that says my daughter's a badass sport player. She just happens to be part of the band. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, wow. Uh, you know, but, but that's that thing, though, that everybody is going through life. And what we, what we forget is people are watching our journey. They're watching mm. the story. So our actions are teaching other people how to win or how to Yes, sir. So true. So you know? true. I, I tell people that all the time. And so for me, going from where I went to and, and raising my kids and, you know, I told my kids, I, mean, I never forget. And, and, and trust and believe you can instill all the greatness in them. Like my, my cousin Willie says, I can teach you, I can show you the moves, but I can't make you dance. You know what I mean? <laughs> show you the moves, but I can't make you dance. And I set my kids down. I think my oldest might've been 16, 17 at the time. And I just, I just, gave, we just had that talk. I said, here's the deal. I, I did what I was supposed to do by you guys. I may have not, I said, I feel like I didn't necessarily choose the, 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 I didn't put a lot of thought into the mate. And I said, that makes a difference because bloodline is important. I said, you guys want to make sure you know who you're dealing with and you want to know the family. But I said, you want to make sure you stay up, stay away from drugs. You want to make sure you stay away from getting in trouble with the police. You want to make sure you, you know, getting your education or, or you, you following your dreams and your passion, just stay in a positive lane because I said, guys, the worst whooping I ever got, I got from life. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? Life is life will give you the worst whipping and life don't care. And I said, but here's the real reason. I said, you guys can go out there and do what you want because you will do what you want. And you can feel like, oh, daddy's a little strict or whatever the case, and I'm gonna go run, rush out and be crazy. That's fine. You do it. Once you once you graduate and we get you in college, it's on you. You know, I'm here just as a support system then. But I said, I won't have time to babysit because I'm going to the, the time that I spent those 10 years or whatever <laughs> years. I'm gonna go live. <laughs> I'm living. Right. And that's exactly what happened. That's a, I gra- hey, when I, they graduated, I went back to college. I got my, I got my bachelor's degree at 43 years old. That's, what, that's when I got my, ba- I got my, I said, you know, I was tired of having, being forced to work phone jobs and $10 hour jobs. I said, you know what? I got this tournament business going on, but at least if I, something ever happens, I can go teach. You know what right, I mean? Right, and right. So, so I got my degree. Uh, you know, business is going great. It's going great. Steady growing. 
I'm still coaching and, and, and coaching, uh, sending people, kids to college, uh, pouring a lot into people and doing the motivational stuff, you know, adding value. That's, that's my big thing is adding value. And I feel like the universe is, is steady blessing me, steady blessing me. So yeah, make sure I, you got to add value, guys. I agree, dude. And, you know, just hearing your story and what you're into, I'm going to give you another free piece of coaching advice. Thank you. I don't think there's anybody on stage doing the whole rap motivational combination. So, no, I don't, I don't think so. That's what I do. Yeah, you, dude. And I'm telling you, if you go big and loud with that and 100% focus on, you know, here's my story, but you start building the raps now to impact these kids on their journey and everything else, the schools and stuff are going to start bringing you in because yeah, it's, it's real. It's real, dude. Oh, that, you know, and, and that's kind of what I do. You know, I do some F, I've done some FCCLA things and some real, I've been, I've been kind of, it's funny. This is another nugget for, for, for everybody out there too. Sometimes you have to do, so you can figure out what you need to do. <laughs> that is the truth. You know, God bless. And so that's what was happening. I, so I'm, I, I'm part of Eric Thomas's game changers. And, and so we always have these, these calls. And one thing they did is they challenged me. They said, okay, Freddie, you host these youth basketball tournaments. Well, Eric ET, Eric Thomas, he does a success series pretty much every Tuesday on the campus of Michigan state university. Can you do a success series at your tournaments? once a week or I mean one yeah once a week or twice a month or whatever. I said I can do that. So I started doing it. Now at that moment in time I used hip hop but I used it more as a shock value. I was using it for right. shock value. So right. I would start off rapping da 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 but it would just be a rap just to kind of get the kids get to get their attention. And so what happened was is normally the way I did it was I would pick two teams that had space between their next game. So a team might play at one, they might play again at three. And so I'd find two teams like that. And usually it would have, they would have played each other at one. And then one team may come back and play at three, and the other team may play at 345. And so I, I'd bring them up. And so we were having success, having a good time. Most of the kids came up there, just played, you know, and everything was good. So it was a lot of great teaching going on. Well, this one particular time, one, key, one, one kid that had lost on the losing team, he had a bad attitude. He didn't want to come up. He was like, I'm not coming up there. I'm, not, I'm mad at the coach. I'm mad at my teammates. I don't want to be part of nothing. And so we in the stands, I'm talking to this kid. I'm like, okay, listen, what you're going through right now is exactly what we're doing. It's all about helping you find a way to overcome when you feel like this. And I said, we got, you got one or two options. I said, either you can come up there and have a good time. We, have, we give them food and all that stuff. Have a good time, get you something to eat and hang out with us. Or we're coming to you. We're going to do it right here in the stands. All the best. So he still sat there. So I went upstairs and got the guys from his team and the guys from the team that just played. We all came down there and they were all just <laughs> pouring life into him, man. They were pouring life into him. Come on, man. Hey, we lose some games too, man. You got you to come up. Man, you, we can't do this without you, man. You got to come on up here with us. This was not just his team. It was the other team too. And, uh, and he finally was like, man, I'll do it, man. I'll come on up. He came on up and uh, he's like, man, can I sit to the side? I said, man, I don't care where you sit. Just come in the room, you know? Okay. And, and so I started my typical rap you know this this is my shock value rap you know and then it hit me and i was like when i finished i said you know what i think my because all of my raps say something all of my raps paint pictures they all lead you from something and so i said i think my guy over there needs another one should i spit another one for him they was like yeah 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 and so that was the first time that i did a verse while i was teaching 
Mm. You know what I mean? Right. I was teaching from the rap. And so I started rapping like I would say, oh, what did I say? Uh, skipping to the money on some hopscotch. Was low level. Now we on some top notch. Topic trend said I had to revamp. I was hiking with them slackers. I had to break camp. And so I stopped right there and I was like, like some of you guys out there, you're hiking with slackers. Who's in your <laughs> circle? That. You know what I mean? And so I started teaching from the rap. I like go like four or five, six bars, eight bars or whatever. And I'd come to a key point and I'd stop and I'd start teaching. And I'd go get, jump right back into the rap and I'd start teaching. And at that very moment, everything changed in that line. I was like, oh, that's it right yeah, there. Yeah, that's that's it. it right there. And it came from me doing those success series. That's what the success series was for, for me to learn how to really use the hip hop and make it really even more powerful. Because so that's it, man. It's like we talked about before, man. It's, it's taking the music to them. Yes. Right? Yes, so you're yes, communicating yes. to them on their level in a yes. language they can understand and mm -hmm. embrace. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, they, dude, you're stacked up against some filthy, nasty, dirty rap lyrics out there, right? And, 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 and I'm not busting on rap. I mean, right. every genre of music does it. Yeah, you know, yeah. The good in their own way. In their yeah, own way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but but you got to think about it. These kids, when they're playing in their cars, the music, the rap they're listening to is this this stuff that's not building them up, lifting them up. Mm -mm. This other, that's what made there was a, a Christian group called DC Talk. Heard of them? They um, they were a white rap group, mm -hmm. and and they really hit the scene hard. And one mm -hmm. of the biggest Christian music groups one upon the time, it's because they were taking the music the kids were into mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. put it into a message. And that's what you're doing, dude. And the more you keep doing, I'm telling you, the world's gonna freaking open up for you. Man, it, it, it's pretty cool. It's fun to do it. You can you can see the light bulbs go off. But my thing is, is like you like you talked about with the music. The music is just filling them with negative vibes yeah. negative emotions it does an op opioid crisis and we got hip hoppers telling people to pop mollies and i just popped mollies and she popped mollies and she did this and i did it to this chick and i made how much money selling drugs and i if that's all that's feeding you then that's what you become my biggest story is people try to say well peer pressure ain't real no peer pressure is real let me tell you how real peer pressure is back when we were we were rappers i used to engineer the studio right i had yep. about 10 11 12 rappers that came to our studio all the time right we all was doing clean rap. It was all clean, clean, fun, nothing crazy about it. Then guess who came out? N.W.A. <laughs> Ice Cube. And, they, and that was one of, you know, one of my favorite rappers, Ice Cube. But Ice Cube came out. Here's a little something about a finger like me. And, when they, and, and within a year's time, we all were cussing in our raps, including yeah. me. Yep. All of us. So peer pressure is real. So that stuff that these kids are feeling, are healing, especially before their cerebral cortex and their brain kicks in, like mine didn't kick in until I was 25. When I woke up that morning, that's when my, my reasoning kicked into my brain. It doesn't kick in. So all they're thinking is, is this is how I should be living. And so for me, I try to be as authentic when I rap as I can. And I know they're into bars. They're into you saying stuff that's clever and, you know, and things like that. And you can't come in there and be corny. And so once they get once they get over the fact that I'm a little bit older than them, when they, they'll respect you when they know you can really rap. Yeah. And they respect me. And they'll be like, this dude, this dude's got, they be like, you know, you'll know. Cause they'll say bars. Oh, bars. Ooh, put another <laughs> one in that type of stuff. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, they're like, old dudes got, you know, tricks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I challenge them too. I'll be, I'll tell them I'm walking the door. Who hating today? Who don't think I can rap? Tell me, I need that fuel. Give me some fuel. Like, where my haters at? And then I let on, I let loose on them. So we have a good time. With That's them. awesome, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I mean, 
kudos to you. I mean, seriously, because, you know, everybody's got their lane. You know, you, you, you found your lane, you found your place, you found your voice and you're using a passion and love to change the youth coming up in the world. There's nothing more beautiful than that. And I I, I truly mean that because there is so much ridiculous, bad influence in this world. You know, somebody has got to be helping these kids come up. It's not my calling. Right. um, But I'm, I'm honored that, that you're taking that on your shoulders because that's a big mountain to move my friend. And It is. But that's my life. And, you know, I'm excited about it. And if I can, it's so funny because I can take the same thing that I do for the, for the, for the youth and I can go do it for adults and it works the exact same way. Right. That's what's right. crazy, you know, right. but, but it's, it's, it's all about reaching, teaching and add more value to people. And that's, that's kind of what my, my life mission is. And so, you know, if you can make a little, a few coins along the way, then that's all the more merrier as well. Exactly so. <laughs> right. Exactly right, man, Freddie. I, I've got to say, dude, this has been a blast, dude. I've really enjoyed the hell oh, of this, this, yes, this, sir. This conversation, man. Um, let's do this. Um, this is how. Well, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you if they want to make fun of your rap music? I mean, listen. To that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Right, 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 right. Hey, you can pretty much uh, uh freddiefry dot com is, is the website. Freddie Fry motivation on all social media platforms. For all of the latest information, uh, I'm really big right now in the uh, motivational voiceover arena. I work for a lot of the big companies, and uh, I do a lot. It, basically, my thing is, is I'm trying to help people that were just like me, that never thought that they could go to another level. And so everything that I talk about and I teach about is trying to help you overcome obstacles that you're facing in life. And it ain't about necessarily you being the richest person outside, a richest person financially, but it's finding a way to be the richest person internally, no matter what you have in your bank account, because you're going to have, we all have to do. So I'm just trying to help you overcome that stuff. You know, I, I, I like right on my shoulder right now, I got like a little ice pack because I had like a bump come up on my shoulder. Dealing with drama, uncertainty, what is that? My wife is digging into it. It hurts. But life hurts. And I know that there's people out there that got it a lot worse than me. So anyway, Freddie Fry Motivation, FreddieFry.com. Hey, check me out. Uh, hopefully I can I say a word or two that can help you go to another level in your life. Love that, brother. Love that. All right, man. Here's how I like to wrap up every episode. And I do stump some people on this, so stand by. Okay. If you were going to lead the champions who <laughs> listen to this show, 78 countries around the world that tune in almost every day to listen to this show. If you were going to leave them with a quote, a phrase, a mantra, a saying, something they can take with them on their journey, especially when they're stacked up against it and going through it, what would be that quote or phrase you would say? Remember this. Kill them with kindness. (laughs) And then murder them with success. (laughs) Love it, dude. (laughs) Freddie, I appreciate you, brother. This has been awesome. I really appreciate the ride. Man, hey, thanks for having me, bro. Hey, we got—I got to get down to the Texas. We got some bass fishing to do. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this one. This was just a, a fun episode. I can't tell you how much I—I I love an episode when I can laugh and joke all the way through it. You know, so make sure you go follow Freddie and all of his stuff. 
um, and and check out all the things he's into. And you know, Freddie's a regular in my one of my Facebook groups called Success Champions. Come hang out, man. He's constantly putting out some really cool content in there with all the other champions that arrive, you know, that are rising together. So if you want to hang out with just a bunch of other badasses who are going for it, come hang out in the Facebook group, Success Champions. Uh, just just go to groups, type in the word Success Champions. A group will pop up. Come hang out with us there. And if you're looking to start a podcast, please, you know, come hang out with us at So You Want a Cod Podcast. I almost said God Pass. So You Want a Podcast. So come hang out with us there as well. Just go to Facebook, type in the word So, comma, you want to podcast click on the groups button it'll pop up and come hang out with this guys we're looking forward to seeing you there appreciate you so much i love you so much for for listening to this episode share it with a friend give the review on itunes and keep being badasses i'm proud of you we'll see how big you can go thanks guys Kevin and I have a lot of fun each week recording these episodes and sharing our best thoughts and ideas with you all. Man, we're just proud to, to have you guys as listeners always tuning in. And we really appreciate the messages. We get the DMs, the emails, and the likes from you guys with questions and ideas for future shows. And that just means the world to us. We really are changing how the world networks. We've poured our heart and soul into Success Champions Networking, and it continues to grow. So if you haven't checked out a chapter and you're looking for a mastermind group of pure, absolute badasses that understand that giving introductions are way more powerful than referrals, go to successchampionnetworking.com and request a visit. And thanks for being you. Thanks for being a champion of your success, because that's what it means to be a success champion.